What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Living Room Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Adrienne, and today is going to be a really good episode. Um, I have with me today a friend that I met in college, and she ultimately became a sister. We have a lot that we're going to talk about. But before I get started, this episode is being brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard is a platform that offers live webinars as well as podcast recording obviously super super easy to use definitely check it out streamyard.com without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and bring our guest in lex what is up been a minute listen it's literally been a minute and i was like i'm so happy to talk to her because i know it's gonna be like a good conversation like not even (laughs) listen listen it's gonna be a good conversation bruh okay so first thing first because I always do this with any of my guests that I have on since it is the living room podcast I have to ask if you could just think whether you were a child or as an adult what would you say has been your favorite memory that you've had happen in the living room um, definitely game nights. Definitely game mm. nights. Both family and friends, you know, different aromas, but you get the idea. You get, you get it. A lot of our game nights together ended up in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. y'all, oh my God. Me and Lex met, like I said, we met in college and we had a time. <laughs> like, it was a good one. It was a good one. We 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 knew our Zoom. <laughs> mm-hmm. We definitely like we had a time. Um, yeah. So game nights, man. I can't even like. I have so much stuff that I want to talk about, and I have like an itinerary, but it's like I have so much stuff that I want to get to. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, of course, trending topics. I don't know if you. Follow the shade room if you've seen it. Um, but Rihanna and ASAP Rocky finally had their their baby, their second kid. Um, and you, you and I both are also mommies. How are your kids doing? They're doing good. You know, Nevea, she working her way up there. But Davian, he right behind. It's it's a journey for sure. It's a journey, but so mm-hmm. far so good. How, how is that dynamic like with between Nevea and her brother since she is the oldest? Like, do you see like her being like a big sister or is, does he like try to take the lead? She's definitely the big sister, but she kind of like drags him with her. So he like he follows along with it and mm-hmm. he's big and like he's the same height as her. You know, she's itty bitty, but for him to be a year younger, uh-huh. he. It's not much of a difference with them, but when they get into it, they get into it. Davy ain't gonna hold his own. My little man gonna go come through every time. Is Nevea in school? Has she started school yet, or is she still at home with you? She's at home with us. We teach mm-hmm. her at home until she starts pre-K next year. How has that been teaching her at home? Like, um, is that easy for you? Because you also have a lot on your mm-hmm. plate. It's not, I can't even take most of the credit for that. That'll be my mother-in-law. She does a lot of it. And my sister-in-law as well. But she loves like her ABCs and numbers and stuff. So that really isn't the hard part. She's Mm -hmm. so ready for school. 
Mm. And I, I, it's kind of like tricky because I'm just like, should I have put her in Head Start because she wants to go so bad? Or do I just take the time and enjoy the little minutes I have now? Because mm-hmm. when you go to pre-K, it, that's it. The journey of school starts. So I'm just, I'm a little on edge about it. But I think developmental-wise, she's doing okay even from home. Mm-hmm. But as of next year, we'll see. See, that that was my thing with the Lani. Like, she was ready, but I wasn't ready. Because you see so much crazy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like unreal to think of. And it's so crazy to say, like, the difference between when our parents was raising us and now that we're raising our own kids. Like, it's the world different. has changed so much. So it's just like, do I want you to go to school? <laughs> like, And it might be that little bit of fear, but I don't want my fear to be what hinders her. But it's it's a dangerous world. It's not, you can be outside, streetlights come on, mama holler out the door, come inside. It's, you got to watch them every second. But when she goes to school or I go to work, it, I can't have her every second. So it's just a matter of raising her well enough to know. Mm. And, you know, to give myself the confidence, she's going to be okay to the, mm. you know, to the extent that I can make sure she's okay. You mm. just got to pray about it. That's just... No, for real. And you said something that I think is so ironic because I swear to you, it's something that I've been telling myself, especially in this transition with Alani as she's doing the pre-K phase and all that, is I don't want my own fears of the world to stop her growth as a person and, you know, just getting that own personality. Because you think about it like, yeah, our kids are toddlers now, but one day they're going to be teenagers and then they're going to be adults. And for me, I'm really one of those like helicopter moms where it's like, yes. don't do that, don't eat that, like, don't do it, <laughs> don't, don't, you gonna break, don't do that, don't touch that. So it's like I, I've been telling myself because my dad was very overprotective of me, like super overprotective, and I think in a lot of ways it kind of it was a good thing as far as like a structural standpoint, but like when it comes to like personality and like just different small stuff is like. I wasn't exposed to a whole lot of outsideness. So all I know is mm-hmm. what I saw, you know, and I don't want her to have that kind of stunt, but it's like, I can't risk it. <laughs> it's like, how do you break the cycle, but keep her in the close enough arms reach? Exactly. Exactly. Like a real close arms. <laughs> like, like I'm on My your call. <laughs> like, come here. Don't, don't do that. Uh, But no, man, that, that's so crazy that it like the conversation went there because I had a question about that, which we'll get to it. Um, Something else that I wanted to talk about, I texted you yesterday and I asked you if you watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta um, because I had a key point that I wanted to talk about in trending topics. I saw this video. It's a video of uh, a lady named Fallon. She was like a friend of the show, whatever. I know you said you're going to watch it, so you'll see it eventually. Um, and this is kind of like a teaser, but I'm going to play this clip because I just want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because this episode is it's about girl talk, girl talk, girl code, just all things women. Um, and me personally, I just had so many opinions about this clip because I was like, is she really saying this out loud? Like, sis, what are you talking about? But I'm going to go ahead and play it really quickly. And then we'll just talk about it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm 
So are you are you not really with trips? No, I just miss not having to worry about building my own because sometimes we have our lazy days. I don't always want to get up and grind, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my days, especially having children and being a mother, I have my days where sometimes I want to stay in the bed. Um, and I used to be able to do that. Now I can't. Now I have to depend on myself. And mm-hmm. um, I actually love it here. I do. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss them days sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that basically she was doing an interview. And they asked her if she missed her ex-husband. Her ex-husband is like a multimillionaire. He's married to Portia Williams now. One of the girls on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And that was her response. Like, I don't necessarily miss him, but I miss the idea of the lifestyle. And I guess it just stood out to me so much because you hear so many people now like hopping on this bandwagon of the soft life and mm-hmm. just like the the idea of what they want a relationship to be surrounded by like the materialistic portion of it. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like as a woman, it just kind of made me personally feel indifferent. Cause I'm like, why would you, why, like, why, why would you put us, especially being a woman of color, why would you put mm-hmm. us in that spotlight and say that a lot? Even if that's what your intentions were, if that's what yeah, you It's one of them. You can say it in the group. You can say it to your people, but you can't put it out there. Especially right. when you have that spotlight because every word you say is going to get broken down piece by piece. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. get the sometimes you just want to have your you time, but it's the way you got to you gotta phrase it like a little better than what it was given. Because basically right. what it said was you missed it without missing it. And that it was you missing it because you want to be be lazy and you can't you can't you can't speak for all of us like that that's what it gave like that that's what it gave it gave you want to be lazy like that's what you like you keep that in a group chat we don't put that out there and i mean tell the world you just want to be a couch potato you you don't tell the world that you even if it's a nice couch (laughs) as comfy as it gets but you got to get up you got to grind you got to do it you know you look even if you don't want to we need to (laughs) big difference Bruh, man. Okay, so then that leads me to um, a new segment that I have now. It's basically, it's called Would You Rather? So you can't think about it. You just have to answer off the top of your head, Would You Rather? (laughs) Okay, so as a disclaimer, I didn't put this out there, y'all. Lex is married with kids. So this episode is going to get progressively better because you're going to have two different perspectives because she is a whole, her life is together. Um, Okay. Would you rather city girl life or soft life? Mm, Soft, soft, soft. Would you rather teach your kids everything or allow them to learn independently? Oh, independently, independently. Would you rather your kids be more like you or their dad? Mm, me, me, me. <laughs> Don't do him. I it, it was quick. Me. Okay, this is a good one. Would you rather ULM or GSU? Oh, baby, take me, take me to the, take, take me to GSU, baby. Take me where it's real. <laughs> one street. There's one way in and one way out. Negative. <laughs> Negative. Oh my god. Fun life. <laughs> we had some good moments though. 
We we made it in the nunnery. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. That was definitely like what you want me to what what is what is this? I, I might as well be at home. What is yeah, this? Yeah, but that's one of them. You want GSU for the experience, but in all honesty, I probably mm-hmm. if I had like the options on the table, I w- I would still go to my little PWI. It's just you know it you know that security you get yeah. the security. <laughs> No, literally, it was secure. <laughs> it was well secure. It was lit up at yeah. night. It was. Ugh. You remember the little blue call buttons? They had them everywhere. <laughs> Girl, press them real quick. They'll get there. Okay, you have to worry about nothing. It will get there. We'll probably still be waiting on somebody to show up at GSU. <laughs> yeah. They might not find us. <laughs> it's only one street. They probably just go keep going. <laughs> Oh, man, all love to Grambling State University. Anybody who went to HBCU, I'm so happy you got that experience because we know nothing about it. Nothing at all. (laughs) The most we know about it is y'all's homecoming. But, yeah, (laughs) congratulations to y'all. Oh, man. So just to dive into the episode, um, we kind of started off already talking about our kids, our family. What was your family dynamic like growing up? Did you guys have a close-knit situation or was it kind of just like everybody did their own thing? So, for the most part, we were all pretty close-knit. Um, we grew up with a single-parent mom, so it was always very, very close-knit. With five mm-hmm. siblings, normally it's like that. Everyone's pretty close. But growing up, we were a lot closer than what everyone is now. Everyone's, like, branched out. And, like, I live five hours from them, so I see them as I can. But growing up, it was de- definitely very family-oriented. So, I think that's part of what I want my children to do, mm-hmm. stick together do stuff together with family vacays, the little game nights, movie mm-hmm. nights, thing like that. So you said you guys were, um, it was five of you all together, including you? Mm-mm, that's six of us. Six together. of us. Okay then, child. Oh, your mama was a single mama. She was, she was popping out. <laughs> Bro, okay, so it, it, what, how is it? Uh, sister to brother ratio, what is that like for you? Um, my mom has four girls, two boys. Oh, wow. So y'all was just running the house, basically. Yeah, they was outnumbered. I don't know what they, they were. They were way out there. They didn't even have a chance. They had no chance. Would you say that your personal, because I also grew up in a similar environment. Um, my mom and dad, they were together up until I was like, I think maybe like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Like my parent, I always say like my parents separated when I needed both of them the most. Like up until that point, it was like I was young, like nothing mattered as long as I have food, like I'm okay. And it's like they separated when life kind of started happening for me, going through puberty, going through like all of that stuff. And my dad ended up raising me as a single father from the time they separated when I was like 11 up until like 18 when I went to college. Um, So most of my like teenage years or coming into my own as a woman, I only had my dad. Um, So would you say that the dynamic you had as a kid changed the expectations of what you wanted in your own future with your own children? Um, I would say it definitely did. You know, my mom choosing to be a single parent wasn't much of a choice, but mm-hmm. kind of seeing how it, you know, built up each of us differently from me and my other five siblings. So you have six different perspectives of how it is and how each of us turned out. But I think my ultimate goal was to 
find someone who is willing to have that family dynamic, that ultimate duo with parents so my kids can grow up with mm. a healthy two-parent household. Because sometimes I think the goal is always, oh, my kids grow up in a two-parent household and everything will be fine. But sometimes that lack of health mm. can hinder your kids more than a kid just growing up with one parent or two separate households. So for me, yeah. I took it as like a blessing and a curse. You know, it had its downfalls, not having my dad around, but knowing my kids have that and it's a healthy one. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely helped me foster into who I wanted to be, how I wanted my kids to be raised, who I wanted raising my kids with me. Mm -hmm. Man, you said, you said a lot of good stuff and I want to try to dissect as much of it as I can. Um, you said that you, you had the idea, like you had the intention, not the idea, you had the intention of what you wanted in a partner. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important that you said that because, and I want to be very clear when I say this to the people that's listening. I am by no means degrading women. I am by no means saying there's a right or a wrong way to do things. But I think what you said is so important because oftentimes we as women, we kind of find our partners based on the situation or based on where we are in life at that moment. Whereas you were able to say, you know what, I know what I want for my future. I know what I want for my future kids, even though they aren't here yet. And you acted on that. And I think it's so important for women to gain that perspective and to be more intentional, um, especially young girls, to just be more intentional about who you're dealing with. Because if you are dealing with somebody and Lord, if I knew now, Oh, Jesus, if I knew then what I know now, I would have been way much more intentional. Um, but like you said, like you, you had that intention behind it. Um, and I think it's great that you were able to find that because a lot of people don't find that. Um, so with your mom, single mom, did you ever have a stepfather or someone that your mom was with come come around that you oh. you grew a liking to it all the way I would put it um she did get married I was younger that's how I have my two youngest siblings that I have um mm -hmm. so I mean I I guess his little sperm donation counts for something now um but when I was younger, you know when I was younger you're young you're naive you're just like okay I have a, a dad now mm -hmm. so we did you know go to like him it's hard to get along and then when we moved states, <clears throat> it just kind of was a whole different scenario than when it was out here. And mm -hmm. so just started to realize, okay, he's not this good guy. This is not, I would rather my mom be single. I'd rather us go through the struggle and the phases than to mm -hmm. watch her stick with this for any, for my brothers to think this was okay to become that type of man. Ooh. So my mom, she did walk away. She got us out and I will forever give her a thousand props for that. Cause that that's strong. Six mm -hmm. kids, you're unemployed, a different state. And she did what she had to as a woman and as a parent. So to any woman out there who is getting their stuff and leaving, Mm -hmm. choose, choose to be single if it means sparing your child's future yeah that's the advice I can give from that now mm -hmm. what my mom had endured through all of that we you'll never understand what a mother goes through for her children mm -hmm. and becoming a mother I still don't have that exact perspective because I'm mm -hmm. not in those same shoes that she your experience is different very very much different and that's why mm -hmm. Growing up, you're going to have your hard struggles. You're, you're not gonna, always going to have the best of circumstances growing up. So to young women, we just have to empower them that do things with intention. And it's not going to be 
I've, I've had my share of college relationships, even in the back of my mind, had that intention, went through some stuff. And I was just like, girl, that he, that he's not it, baby. He's not, mm-hmm. it. not it. Mm-hmm. That's when you remember, what did, what did your mom do? You know, mm-hmm. how long did she allow that stuff to happen? Do you need to allow yourself, you know, that same amount of time? Or do you sit there and you tell yourself, okay, enough is enough. Go out, find what I need. Mm. And, you know, let that keep on growing to who you are. And then so your daughters can see, okay, my mom did this. I know what to look for. I know how to do it. Break mm-hmm. the cycle. You just mm-hmm. have to- no, you do. You you 100% do. And I think it's so important that you said that because, like I said, my dad raised me um, by himself from the age of 11 to 18. But my dad and my mom didn't legally get divorced until I was 18 years old. Because in my dad's head, he felt like he was letting me down in a way, you know, if he did anything before I was of the legal age. And honestly and truly, when I was going through my personal situation with Alani's biological father, sperm donor, anyways, um, anyways, I thought that I could be like my dad. I thought that I could be strong and I can get through it and I can stick with it and do it. And then I realized there's a big difference between you and your dad. He's a man. You're a woman. Women are not built like men. So the burden that he was able to carry with his lack thereof and his marriage with my mom, I can't carry that same burden because, first of all, I'm a woman. My needs are different. What I want, like, I can't, I, I can't make that sacrifice. And then I also realized to your point, I have to break this cycle because I saw that in my dad's situation with him and my mom, I thought that's what I had to do. So now here I am repeating the process. She's going to think that that's, and I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I think it's so important that you said that, like you have to, as a mom, whether you're thinking about being a mom or you're already a mom, whatever part you're at, or even if you're a guy listening to this and you're in a relationship that might not be the best for you to grow into your full potential, it's important to realize that and get out of it if it doesn't suit you. Because at the end of the day, we're raising our children. We're setting the bar for them. We're setting the expectation. So whatever they see, nine times out of 10, they're going to mirror that, you know? Definitely. So you make you you said that you guys were moving. Where were you guys before you came to Louisiana? Um, we started off in Louisiana until I made it to about the third grade, and we had moved to Colorado, and then we came okay. back my sophomore year of high school. How was that in Colorado? What part were y'all in? Colorado Springs. Okay. Did you like it there? I did. I did. Yeah. Definitely in a place to visit. Uh huh. I've always, I don't know why, but my, one of my dream vacation spots as far as within the U.S. is Aspen. Like I, I'm dying to get to Aspen mm. so bad, and, but it's so expensive. <laughs> All the years I've been there, never been to Aspen. I do want to go. Mm-hmm. So much out there that I didn't do. Cause like I said, you know, we didn't have the luxury of like certain things like that and all that stuff gets so expensive i mean looking at it now i'm like you telling me a thousand dollars just to to get there listen to me get get one place to stay that's not including my activities my nothing at this point i'm gonna just go to say i've made it but ain't nothing else gonna have to happen maybe i might have to take a picture of the mountain zoom in and you know just let the world feel like you know like I experienced something. I'm gonna have to crop myself on the mountain after I take the picture because I can't get no closer than just right there. It's 
Aspen is so expensive, but it's so beautiful. Like, it's I want a vacation there. I definitely want to go. Girls trip. I know, right? We need to. <laughs> no, for real. We really need to. So talking about motherhood and just, you know, realizing the the intention of what you wanted for your family, what you wanted for your future kids before it <laughs> even happened. Now that you are a mom to two beautiful children, how would you say motherhood has changed you the most? Because I know it's changed me, but in your experience. I would say definitely um, show, it gave me growth because um, I feel like I've always had like a decent, decent head on my shoulders. But especially as women, young women, you know, we go off to college after having that strict like house. Mm. You find yourself getting into situations. You find yourself learning different things about yourself. But mm -hmm. as I became a parent, it was each stage of parenting is different. It opens your eyes up to something different. But mm -hmm. I think it's definitely giving me more patience and grace. Because mm -hmm. I, I was known to be like a nonchalant person. But I think becoming a mother gave me that like extra caring, that extra like, you know, gentle touch, I would say. Mm -hmm. But with a boy and a girl very different so you have a nice get, little balance yeah it's sometimes it's here sometimes it's here but like each each version of them gives uh -huh. you a version of yourself as a mom you're gonna go through the hard phases the tired phases the i want to protect you forever phase the oh my god you're getting too grown phase but i think each phase as they come we just have to remind ourselves we can only hinder them from so much. And I think mm -hmm. while I am growing as a, not only just a parent, but as a woman, I'm still mm -hmm. finding myself like kind of on the teeter-totter about it. Cause I'm like, how do I protect them enough, mm -hmm. but strangle them at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. So. And, and that's my, and I can only imagine how that experience is for you. Because like you said, you are doing it from a completely different perspective. For one, you have two children and then you have a boy and a girl. And then for me, it's like, I'm only doing it with one who feels like sometimes it's about three, four five. Cause she just got, she's a Gemini. So she has a whole bunch of different personalities and I don't, I never know which one I'm going to get when she wake up. I just have to figure it out when she wake up. Um, no, for real. So it's just like, that bound, like, I think that's the hardest part for me. And I can definitely agree with you when you say the patience thing, like being a mom has definitely implemented a huge amount of patience within me because it's like, I can't always just like spaz out or I can't always just like, you know, not as the, the hard part, the not spazzing out part. It's just, I have to remind myself, okay, she's three. Right. Two. They're mm -hmm. Their kids, They're, and it sometimes it makes you feel bad that you have to remind yourself that. But no, don't. Good thing, because at the same time, I'm just like, bro, I've, I've grown some serious patience because Lex five years ago, listen, throw them out the window all the time, and it's so crazy how like having your own kids can literally change you as a person. Yeah, because the stuff Alani be pulling, if Remember? somebody else kid did that. I'm gonna talk about them. I'm gonna talk about them to the ends of the world. I'm a kid, but mine. And then I'm come back home and be like, you was just doing the same stuff. I was just talking about this this girl above. But it completely changes. It completely changes. I think about it like with, and I don't know if your mom is this way with your babies, but like my dad is a completely different person with the money than he was with me. She can literally get away with 
anything. Murder. Murder. My mother will hide the body. Okay. It, it kills me because she's only four. And I'm like, if she can get away with the stuff she gets away with at four, I had, I, that was, you might as well say I was in the army. <laughs> you, was you, would think, you think there was no parental guidance. You Bruh. Grand grandparents get their little grandbabies, and all of a sudden, there's 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 no harm, no foul, no, no, no nothing matters. No grabs, and yeah. I just like you so fake. No, so for real, cause be for real. Ain't no way I could have did that. Ain't no way I could have did that. Do you want more children, or are y'all like capped out? Are y'all done? Like me pushing out, I do not want uh -huh. one. But I have mentioned to him maybe like in the future, some years down the road maybe foster you know mm -hmm. but then i don't know i don't want to get like overly attached so that's like up in the air but definitely pushing them out mm -hmm. can't mm -hmm. do it no more did you did you have a uh, vaginal births for both of your babies i did the epidural mm -hmm. worked for one and not the other one mm. you, and you know what's so crazy with alani i i did the entire dilating and laboring portion without it and at the very end i was like when they gave me that Pitocin drip, them contractions. I mean, that stuff, that's, that stuff was the devil. It got worse. So right, literally, I they were able to finally give me the epidural right before it was considered too late. Yeah. The epidural did not kick in until they was moving me to my recovery room. So I felt everything. A 10 pound baby. <laughs> did not work. I'm sitting up here clicking the little thing. She's like, give it a minute, give it a minute. I said, I gave it 15 minutes. And I mean, right when I was going to tell them, y'all must not have placed it right. Y'all did something wrong. Somebody do something. Mm -hmm. People go down there. You're eight centimeters. I said, who finna push it out? Who, who finna push it out? It happens so fast. That is an experience. I, I've done it one time. I, I don't need to do it again. I don't need to experience that again. You are a soldier for going back. Well, I, I have to admit, I have to give Nevaeh credit for the first round because mm -hmm. it's a preemie. She was done, but a little mm -hmm. bit five pounds, didn't mm -hmm. hear nothing. And my epidural worked for her. Honestly, I probably didn't need it, but I'm a wimp. <laughs> to, the, to the tough women's shoulders out there, I give it to y'all because this soldier, I, you know, mm -hmm. so Damien did me how he did me. I oh, he did you. you, you they say it's always the boy. Or the second born. Something always wrong with the second born, apparently. <laughs> And I'm starting to see it. I'm starting. Just to see it. disrespectful. Just disrespectful. Gotta go. So you mentioned you you know just you mentioned your <laughs> husband briefly about how y'all are talking about the fostering. You guys are coming up on a year of marriage, right? Yes, we. How are. has that been? Are honestly, I would say because we didn't date for the longest. You know, before we had got engaged and stuff, it was about a year later we were engaged. But mm -hmm. I think our engagement lasted for the years that we let it last mm -hmm. I, we got to know so much more about each other in that process that I'm not going to say it doesn't feel like I'm married because mm -hmm. I mean there's definitely a different feeling but it's just like we're doing the same you know mm -hmm. type of stuff now it's just you have that title and you have like the extra comfort of knowing like you're stuck you know <laughs> like yeah as much as I'm going to get on your last nerve you have to suck you you had you had your little four years to you know get it out. Mm -hmm. You had time to put me out. Yeah, you you had time to run. You had time, but right. just, I think now I can just look at him and be like, mm, "That's my husband." That you know, 
Fine. You know, he always been mine, but that that's my man. It's different. It hit different now. Yeah. It hit a little different now. How would you say you balance that? How do you balance for you personally being a mom, being a wife, and being a person? Because outside of being a mom and a wife, you're also a student. You're also a friend. You're a daughter. Like, you have a lot of other hats that you carry. What does that balance look like for you personally? To me, that balance is definitely my village. So I can't mm-hmm. even begin to imagine what it's like without a village because mm-hmm. I can call my mother-in-law and be like, look, girl, I, I, I just need 40 minutes of your time. Just 40. Not 40. You know, mm-hmm. she might talk about us later, but she's going to get them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or my sister-in-law, she goes to the end of the world for them kids. I can go back home. Them, them kids, when I go back down south, them Adele's mm-hmm. kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it feels good to know that, okay, I can go down there. They for my mama. I can mm-hmm. be in the back room enjoying my me time. Or some days would just say, hey, you know, can y'all keep them for a little bit? We're just going to go on a little date night thing. And we just did that um, about last week. I was just like, you know what? I was like, Chelsea, if you're not busy, can you just keep them? I'm going to just take Darius out. You know, he had like a long work week. So mm-hmm. I sometimes using your village, mm. it's definitely, definitely a blessing to have that. Oh, yeah. Because if I didn't have that village, half mm-hmm. of the stuff that I'm able to do now between going to school, going to work and the, you know, the babysitting and stuff, mm-hmm. that factors in into how I'm able to manage that but sometimes it does get overwhelming because mm-hmm. you don't want to overuse mm-hmm. sometimes I do let my pride get in the way I'm just like Darius we don't need to bother your mom we don't don't need to do it we don't need to bother them. We don't do mm-hmm. this don't do that but I know when I need it it's there so that's <laughs> definitely the village when they say it takes a village they are not joking girl take about three four billion. baby I might need one mom it takes about three four villages like and I think that's the thing about it that people don't really realize until they're in it like just the idea because for for the longest and even now Lex I have this so bad where I'm working on my balance I'm working on how to distinguish between being a mom and being myself because I'm so consumed with being a mom like that's my life. That's 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 like Adrienne doesn't exist anymore. It's it's it, Adrienne it doesn't exist. Point where when you want that me time, the first hour, hour and a half, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's like I hear nothing. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But then the longer I sit there, the longer it's my me time. I'm like, I miss my kids. Yeah, like, exactly. Come here and annoy me. Like come mm-hmm. come mother me. Let me get on your nerves. Let, let, mm-hmm. Let's do whatever you want to do now because I'm, I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes I do allow the me missing them mm-hmm. to stop me from doing more me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm still learning. So I honestly don't even begin to know how to tell you mm-hmm. uh, an idea of how to be more you, less mom. Because in the back of my mind, regardless of what I do, where I go, whether I'm alone or with them, I'm just... I'm in mom mode. The mm-hmm. way I act now without my kids, I'm still representing mom mode. Yeah, exactly. Like, with or without them, I just sometimes I have a hard time separating Lex from mom. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's it's hard. like a battle. Like I I went out of town um a couple months ago, and my dad Alani was with my dad, and 
whenever, first of all, whenever Alani is with my dad, I don't exist to her anyway. It it doesn't, she forgets that she has a mother. So I knew she was safe. I knew 100% this little kid is fine. She's not worried about me. But the idea of being away from my baby, it literally drove me crazy. And I called and when I made it back and I asked her, I said, did you miss me? And my dad, he was so funny. He was like, how can she miss you? You kept calling. But it's like, I can't help it. I can't help it because I'm not with you. So are you okay? Do you need me? Like, do you miss me? Do you need? And I think that's another thing with me, like with her going to school now, that's another part of it because it's like, you're mine. Like, I just, but at the same time, it's like, I want a break. But then when I get a break, it's like, no, I want my baby back. Because we just went on vacation without them. Mm -hmm. It's like the first moments I'm fine. And then I'll pick up my phone and guess who's my screensaver. And I'm like, okay, I miss the kids. And then it gets like the end of the vacation. It's like sad vacations ending because it's vacation. But I'm so ready to go home and smother the children that did not care for a second that I was gone. Didn't didn't even remember. Didn't notice it. Not worried. When I call, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, don't care. They don't care about us. They don't care about us until we trying to sleep or we trying to eat. Those are the only two times Alani cares about my existence. So beg and tell about my plate. We mm-hmm. got food. Why are you coming over here? Those are the only two times Alani cares about me. When I'm sleeping and I be in a good sleep. It don't be like a, I'm just now dozing off. Alani will come and wake me up when she know I've been asleep for a while. And she'll need something. And I just be like. You know okay. what Oh, mama, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. What a, I need something. I need something. Alani has been killing me lately. And it just started with this. During the day, she doesn't want to eat. She refuses to eat. She's not hungry. She refuses to eat. When it's time to go to bed, she'll eat dinner as a family with everybody. And then we try to shut the house down like 9, 9.30. Like, Lights off. It's time to go to bed. She'll tiptoe in the room. Oh, mommy, I'm just, I'm just so hungry. <laughs> and she's so dramatic. And it, it almost puts me like I'm watching one of them little TV commercials by the mm-hmm. with 76 cents a day. <laughs> because she, and then she'll, I'll get her something to eat, like a snack or something, a lunchable, something, something small. Okay, Alani, it's time to go to bed. Okay, mommy, good night. Couple minutes ago, by I, I hear these feet pit pat. Oh, mommy, I'm so thirsty. If you don't, it'd be the thirsty for me because I'm on the bed now. If you drink this, we going back to the bathroom. Oh no, no, I, I, I already potty. All right, potty. I'm like, well, if you drink, <laughs> we got to go back because what you're not going to be doing is hollering and get money, get money, get money, get money. Girl, and be trying to tell me I, I don't have to use the bathroom. I don't have to use the bathroom. In an hour, you will. Bruh, oh my God. Like, but again, that that's like that balance and just trying to like figure it all out. And the crazy part about it is that it never ends. It, it never ends, especially if you're really like a good parent, like you and I, and we are there with our kids and we, it never ends. It never ends. Always something. It never ends. So what do you think? Outside of motherhood, outside of, you know, being a wife, 
as an individual, what do you think has helped you grow and evolve the most? Um, I would definitely say growing my relationship with God has played a major, major factor in my Tell growth. There are things now that I'm doing, the immense amount of praying, I do more than before. I think that alone mm-hmm. does so much like for any person, but definitely us women, you know, we battle the the motherhood. How do you be the friend? How do you be the sister, the daughter, the all of that? Mm-hmm. I think even even men like carry so much burden, so much weight, so mm-hmm. much of having, you know, to provide and everything like that. But I've noticed that for us personally, it's the it's the God aspect. Mm-hmm. Like that growth comes from no I have reassurance from somewhere. Sometimes you just gotta let go and let God, baby. No, for real. Trying to carry so much and it's more like baby, I don't got a, I don't have any back left. I don't have any shoulders left to give. I have nothing. So, Maybe nothing. You know what he got? He, he got. He nothing. got it all. He, 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 he listen, not mine. His words not mine. That has been what literally what you said. Like it's so crazy because y'all we haven't talked. Like we haven't talked in a while, and I think the way that the the way that we both had our individual experiences, but I can honestly and truly say like my relationship that. Because I've always known God. uh, My parents have always had me in the church, but it wasn't up until recently as an adult where I decided that I wanted to establish a relationship with him on my terms and the relationship that I wanted to have with him and not the one that I felt like I was supposed to have, you know, because growing up and especially for me in a a black household, um, that, that, that was it. That, that you're going to church, you're going to Bible study, you're going to be in that play, you go like it was forced up on me. And I know that God is real and I know that God is good, but it wasn't up until I got to experience those encounters with him myself. Yes. Especially these past couple of years, man, like that literally has honestly been my saving grace because like you can say, like being a mom and being a person and wearing all these hats, like it does become very overwhelming and you have to have something to depend on. And for me too, like it literally has been that because without him, I would probably be in jail. And I think, I think that's another thing that I want to be able to instill in my, you know, like, yes, mom and dad love God. Yes, we do the church. Yes, you're coming with me. But I want them to be able to walk away from it one day and have their questions, you know, have your, have your way of getting about it, have your, you know, way of finding your own path because, I mean, that's what it is. You you have your faith. You know he's there. You know he exists. Sometimes you're going to deviate a little, but I think getting back on track was honestly a saving grace. I don't know how else to put it other than, I mean, that man there going to show up and show out every time. when you think, Every oh, yeah. And not now, Lex. Not now. And then when it happens, I'm like, you did your big one. Listen, but it's so crazy because like we hear that. I know for me, like I've heard that and I've heard other people's stories. But when I really honestly and truly started to develop that relationship for myself, it's like, oh, you, you, you're really that bad. Oh, you really don't play about me. You really don't play about me. And that, I think, and it feels so good to be able to be at that point right now to where I'm like, I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. You you can't tell me nothing else about it. Mm-hmm. 
other than the fact that that man is good. God is good. And I mm-hmm. think he, like my relationship and growing has, you know, created me to grow more as a parent and as a woman, because I have words to abide by. I have a path that is mm-hmm. set. And sometimes that journey alone gets difficult. But when I know I can still ask my questions, I can mm-hmm. still, like, oh, Lord, take it. I I can't, Lex can't fix it. Right. But- that I can't fix everything. My kids, mm. I can't protect them, but I can pray over them. I mm. can, them. and of all things, I can show them how to pray because prayer, hmm. it's going to do a whole lot more for you than what any person on this planet can do for you. Let me tell you something. Something like it, it's so beautiful for me personally, like that I'm able to set that example for my child, um, especially because. And I think that all kids need a covering. Obviously, that goes without saying. But because of the situation that my child is in with having a single parent, I personally pray for her 10 times harder because I want you to know that even though you may lack this physical being of a man or this physical relationship, I want you to get to know him on your own terms as your your dad, like your dad of dads, like and. I've been able to pray on behalf of my daughter for strength because I have to be her strength right now, but I need strength. I need something to depend on. And God has honestly been that for me because there is no way in hell or on this side of earth, I would be able to be as sane and as calm about certain things, especially pertaining that situation by itself if it was just me, like, that's how, that's how I personally know that God is real because Jesus has took the wheel. Jesus has took the wheel. Very well. He, he's doing it. He has taken the battle. And and I was literally just telling my boyfriend about this earlier, um, because something like out the blue crazy happened, like just with that whole idea of dealing with the sperm donor. And I told him, I said, you know what? I know that the season I'm in right now, God is truly blessing me. Like, I have no reason to wake up and complain about anything because God has been doing his ditty in my life. And I said, I can't allow anything to come and distract me and take me off course of that because that's what this situation is. It's a distraction. It's coming to, like the Bible says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm at such a place of peace in my life because of my relationship that I have with God and because of how much praying I've been doing and because of my fasting, I have peace. And but I think if I have them, that we mm-hmm. get God, that it it makes it makes that devil mad, and it's so things will hit you and come at you from left and right, and your reaction is to deviate from mm-hmm. the, deviate from that prayer and be like, "Look, Lord, I can't do this," and God looking mm-hmm. at you like, "You got it, you, you can do it. You stay with me, and I got it because mm-hmm. no issue shall prosper." And he meant that. He meant yeah. sometimes because he never said. He never said that the weapon wouldn't form. He just said it wouldn't prosper. Say it again. So, so you have to, you have to, and that's the thing that I think people don't understand about God and the idea of having that relationship with him. A lot of people see it as like, okay, you're just this magic magician and you're going to do everything. Sometimes he puts us in those predicaments to see how we're going to respond. Because if you trust me, like you say, you trust me and you believe in me, like you say, you believe in me, then what you tripping for? Yes, I, and I think that 
that is something that is so important because as you grow on that journey and it like so many things can hit you at once and people will look at you and be like, girl, how is you believing in a God and all this stuff is happening to you? And I'm like, look, he never said that life was going to be easy. He never. never said he, you know, he never said it was going to be a, a cakewalk. He didn't say that. Yeah. He said, I will be by your side every step of the way. When there is a will, mm -hmm. there is a way. He, mm -hmm. he moved the mountains because I don't got the strength to move them. But him, he got he can part the Red Sea, not me. <laughs> So sometimes you have to get through that rough part to mm. test out how well that faith is. Mm. And it's a lot easier said than done. But mm -hmm. the more I walk on this journey, it got to the point where I'm sometimes I'm in a situation. I'm just like, it doesn't need my reaction. Mm. So do not need my, baby, five years ago, ULM legs, it, I would have gave a reaction. I, I came in, you know, full heat mode, but now just the point, you know, pray about it. Mm -hmm. God, he's gonna handle it, and mm -hmm. then I have I've made peace with that. That I can't fight every battle. Mm -hmm. This life is not gonna be an easy journey. Parenting is not an easy journey. Being mm -hmm. a bigger person, not an easy journey. It ain't never easy. Sometimes God is just like I I have to put you through this mm -hmm. because not only do I know you can, I need you to know that you can, mm -hmm. and carry I'm gonna carry you through it, and. Yeah. It, so good to be able to say that because years ago I wouldn't have been able to realize that I would I took everything bad that happened I took it personally mm. I ain't, ain't no way a man up there who could be filled with so much good gonna sit up here and look at me and just watch right. and when I think about it now I'm like Lex you weren't reading you were mm. not hurt maybe you was not praying yeah you know before an exam Lord, take the wheel. But like, what was you doing to help you with that exam? Oh, man. Faith at work is dead. And the older I get. Say it again. It, baby. Faith without work is dead. And man. you have to put forth the work and effort. And that's not only speaking on God's behalf. That's just everything we do as a mom, as a mm -hmm. wife, as a friend. Mm -hmm. Everything that we are as people. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to take all of that and use our faith in God. And that just, that alone is so much understanding. Mm -hmm. Man, he he, he going to do some miraculous things. And it goes hand in hand. It, it goes hand in hand because, yeah, he's going to do his part, but we have to do our part too. Absolutely. And one thing that I've learned and I've noticed recently, Lex, is that in the midst of all my turmoil, in the midst of the darkest days, that is when God works on me the most. That is when... I grow the most when I'm in those moments and because I have to either I have to depend on him and I have to believe that what I'm reading and what I'm praying for, it's going to come to fruition because the word tells us you have not because you ask not. So how can I say that, you know, this is what I want when when I'm depressed and I'm sad, I can't even open my mouth and I can't communicate to this guy that has a, like those have been the moments for me that have just been so powerful and so life-changing. So that's how, like, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. tough. He is not going to let it rain forever. No. The sun the always has to come back out. out. And that rainbow at the end going to be real bright and beautiful. But it's a matter of accepting the fact that sometimes it's going to be hard. Life oh, yeah. it is its own journey in store. But at some point, you just have to find that peace that, yeah, it, it's hard. It's tough. But mm -hmm. that's the only answer I have is just, but God. Mm, but God. 
And you know what's so crazy? Hearing that, like, as a kid, hearing people say that, and it's just like, what? But now living it? Living it? Because, I am I mean, growing up did not have the best circumstances. And I'm just like, you know, how how do you, mama, what do you, what do you see that I'm not seeing? Mm-hmm. And it's not anything about what she was seeing. It's just what she was believing. Oh, Jesus, Lord have mercy. You don't, you don't need the physical, because sometimes the physical, like physical man, physical oh, yeah. Are not always the best for you, mm-hmm. but that's spiritual, baby. Don't no for real. Be knowing that I am okay mm-hmm. is gonna let my kids know that okay. I know the more they grow up, I feel more secure in how they're growing up because I'm like you know I can't protect them, but I'm right. I, right, baby. My my sword might not do what his sword do, but my prayer gonna do a whole lot more. It's going to cover it. It's, it's, it's going to cover it. And, and that's why I say, like, I pray for Alani 10 times harder than I would pray for myself because I know that there are challenges. And, and just off the strength of her being raised by a single mother and the situation that she's put in, I know that life for her is going to be completely different for life for me because the way the world is as a whole. So I know that I can't protect this kid from everything, but there is somebody who can. And if I don't do nothing else, I'm I'm going to always pray. And one thing that I did with Alani, and I was so intentional about it, when I had my daughter, I prayed a prayer and I gave her back to God. And I continuously pray that prayer to this very day where I thank him for giving her to me and blessing me with her and getting to experience her. But ultimately, Alani is completely here because there is so much stuff that he is going to do in her life that I will never be able to do. And I think like what you said, it's so important that our kids are able to see that through us because now they the bar is being set, you know, like the standard is going to be there. Ultimately, it's up to them to decide if they want to do it or not. But just the idea of like knowing like we pray over you. I'm proud of us because yeah. this- you use you use standard. And that to me is so important because my father-in-law, he's also, you know, the pastor of our church. And mm-hmm. that, that's a word he uses a lot, you know. So knowing that us as believers are using such a word that I see my pastor use, that word standard, like there is a standard. Mm-hmm. And be able to say that while I'm on my journey of, you know, meeting the Lord standard, I can set the standard for what my child, you know, what my kids should want. Mm-hmm. I want you know, life to knock them so hard where they don't know that mm. you know, I want them to know that regardless of what's happening, mama's praying. Regardless Ooh. of what's happening, daddy's praying. And for me, I think that is the most solidified mm. I can get is knowing that not only do I believe my husband believes and my kids get to see that. To me, that's I didn't have that, but they have that. But do you see how that situation and and, and I'm going to bring it full circle because we have about six minutes left for the episode, but I want to bring it full circle. You started off the conversation by saying how you were intentional. You knew what you wanted for, you know, these children that didn't even happen at whatever point in time, because Lord knows what neither one of us think about no kids when we first started college. It was there were no children in our future but do you see how god has allowed that thing to come full circle you you never had that but now you have it not only do you have it but you have it in such a way where it's everything that you ever could have imagined 
it's everything that you ever could have prayed for. I think that is just so beautiful. It is. And then I think what is so good about it is this talk right now is I can talk about that with you. And it's it's not judgment. It's mutual understanding. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. two people who were 19, you know, proud of us. doing whatever was doing to becoming young parents. I mean, we were young. And I'm looking at them now and I'm like, I think our kids, they're okay. I, I can honestly say we are doing okay. They're going to be all right. Them kids. Five, five, six years ago, I don't think I would have seen Lex and Adrienne no. doing what Lex and Adrienne are doing now. Not a, not a choice. Not a chance. I mean, this, I it feels so good to see us, you know, doing right. what we're doing. And then for you to have, you know, your podcast going and to be a part of it. And then to know that what we're talking about isn't just nonsense. It's genuine. No. Up and to be able to let our whole conversation go full circle from childhood to our faith in God, that feels mm-hmm. so good because I have chills. What God? I literally, I literally have chills. And and what I really love about it, Lex, and and this is something that I do um, all the time. Like I, whenever I know that I'm recording a podcast, I always alienate myself from outside forces because the whole sole purpose of my podcast is to create a place, a safe environment for people to relate, to learn, and to grow. However it see fits. And I always pray a prayer that Lord, your will be done. I have questions. I didn't even touch some of the questions that I thought I wanted because God took the lead on this and the conversation and the flow of it. And and I just have to say, like, it goes without saying, I love you a million times over. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because this conversation was way, I knew we were going to have good conversation, but I'm going to be honest. I thought it was going to be a conversation from us back in the gap, the crazy, but I love that both of us have evolved in such a way, but we're still connected. And I think that that, that is just the beauty of it. So Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I love you. I cannot wait to link up. It's it's been way too long. It's been way too long. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Living Room Podcast. Please be sure to go ahead and follow our Instagram now at TLR Podcast with Adrienne. I am doing a giveaway right now. The first 500 followers will be entered into a raffle for a chance to win a gift card. Times is hard. I know y'all want some money, so go ahead and follow us today. Until next time, peace.